This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, October 10th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. A key to a quality career can be avoiding a bad boss. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the coming days will include a reading from America's Small Businesses and minutes from the latest meeting of the Fed. We're joined by Tom Hudson, Week Ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Service is based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us today. This seems like a week that's uh, chock full of market movers. <laughs> indeed, indeed it is, Rob. Yeah, uh, certainly the inflation number on Thursday, the consumer price number, is uh, is going to really confirm the market expectations of a three-quarters of a percent uh, interest rate hike come the next Federal Reserve meeting, or throw that into question with a unexpected weak number. It's not expected to be weak at all. We've all been experiencing inflation and not like all of a sudden many dollars were kept in our wallets in the month of September. And then I think the bank earnings on Friday that come in, J.P. Morgan Citigroup were mentioned, uh, looking really importantly at what those banks are seeing in terms of demand and quality of loans for the next calendar year, 2023, and how that feeds in to this narrative of an economic slowdown, if not an economic recession in the next calendar year. When it comes to processing data points, especially this week, what carries more weight? Is it the government reports on producer prices and consumer prices, or is it the uh, the, the first batch of big Q3 uh, 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 earnings reports? Oh, that's a terrific question, Rob. I suppose it depends on which tick you look at uh, in the market on Thursday and Friday. I think overall it's going to be the probably the inflation number that's really going to help, uh, again, either cement the tone, confirm market expectations about a continued aggressive nature of the Federal Reserve. We know that the Fed has in, uh, inflation in its uh, crosshairs and is going to not stop raising interest rates uh, until it is convinced and the numbers show that uh, inflation expectations are under control and inflation itself is well under control. I think the earnings numbers are just going to go to either confuse or confirm an outlook for an expected softish landing, as the Federal Reserve hopes in 2023, or a hard landing, aka an economic recession in the next year. And what happens uh, if those numbers are ambiguous, that if you're an optimist, <laughs> you can pull you can pull the case from optimism, or if you're a pessimist, you can uh, run down into your basement and put your hands over your head? Uh, I remember what the traders uh, at the Board of Trade used to say, it's buyers and sellers, Tom, it's buyers and sellers. <laughs> it's all about price discovery, Rob. You know, I, I think that uh, if there's any visibility, there's a good corporate uh, conference call word to look for, visibility into uh, a company's earnings expectations for 2023. I think that's a good sign. Even if that visibility, even if the earnings expectations are, are weaker, at least 
there's some confidence coming from the corner office in corporate America. And then when it comes to inflation, especially either the CPI or the PPI, you can look at the various data points along the way. And, and you see people on Twitter who have access to a Bloomberg terminal showing that, uh, you know, the price of used cars going down. Uh, up until right. very recently, the price of gasoline is going down. Or maybe there was some easing in diesel diesel fuel prices thinking, oh, well, maybe we could turn the corner this month. And then it's a bad surprise when the official report comes out. Yeah, I, I think we can uh, slice and dice uh, any of these government economic reports. Uh, statistics are like swimsuits, right? They show what you want to show to the public. And there's plenty in there to dig into. Just take a look at the jobs report that came in last uh, Friday, right? Over 200,000 new jobs created. I mean, in any normal economic situation, that would be a huge boon, right? Uh, uh, the economy heating up, looking good. But it was interpreted as giving the Federal Reserve Uh, more cover to be able to raise interest rates. Listen, I don't think the Fed, it can't back off its interest rate uh, environment, higher rates sooner rather than later, not only because of inflation, but it also needs to fight the credibility. It needs to regain credibility that it lost uh, by, by coming to the inflation fight late. Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Thanks for joining us this afternoon and coming up, making sure you pick a work team with the right leadership. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. When you're interviewing for a new job, it's important to pay attention to who's the boss. We welcome in Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Now, when we talk about the discussion of bad bosses, we might think about workplace tyrants or uh, people who uh, have a very interesting interpretation of uh, ethical and moral lines. But we could also just be talking about someone who may not be suited for that particular management responsibility. Sure. We're, We're really talking about fit. I've said for over three decades now that looking for work is very much like dating with the intention of getting married. It doesn't mean you have to say yes every, every time somebody asks you to marry them. And on the other side of it, once you are married, that is a relationship. So you have to pay attention to what you're headed for. I had a good friend of mine years ago who was talking about his job and how happy he was. And he looked at me and said, am I nuts? Should I be looking around? I said, no, I can change your job from heaven to hell with one change. And that's who you report to. And it's very interesting because uh, I'm thinking back in my own professional, uh, in my own professional experience, and uh, I once had a boss whose uh, reputation preceded him to such a degree they made a movie about him. And uh, at the same time, you know, we got along famously. We got along very well, and I missed him when he left. So uh, even if you have that type of situation, which is certainly an outlier, um, it can work out fairly well. Now, what sure. can you do? To avoid the fact that uh, you'll get into a new job, you'll feel great, you'll have a honeymoon period, and that you won't experience any regret once uh, all the uh, the sparkles and stars and balloons mm-hmm. and good feelings uh, disappear. Yeah, everybody can have a bad day, and that's what we're trying to evaluate. Is this a person who's having a good or bad day? I mean, we can fake it for two months, whether we can pretend to be happy or not. It's like, I think you look at company tenure, how long have people been there in the functions that you're being considered for, including your boss? If they're a new boss and you're a new function underneath that boss, that's a red flag because they don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. They just know that they need somebody who does that, but they're not going to have any experience being a leader for you. Uh, What have they done recently, both the company and the person you report to, that they consider to be an accomplishment? 
that's a great way to get an idea of what they care about and also what the organization is going to measure uh, to get an idea of culture. You know, do you, you know, is, is there is there a dress code here? What's that like? Does it mean that it's going to be good or bad? Do they have rules or not? That gives you an idea of, of how they look at things. Um, I think one that's really important for people to get an cl- understanding for is people who do in this role, what would be, if, if we're successful, if I'm successful, what's the, what's the likeliest uh, direction for me in terms of continuing uh, evolution and growth? How would I, how would I get better and, and work through the organization? That's a good question because you're demonstrating you want to be successful, but it also requires that they articulate what's, what's left after this, what comes next. And if there's no answer to that, you know, that's a concern. Rick Cobb. Um, Well, uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm to discern based in Chicago. Thanks for the insight as always. Coming up next, electric vehicle maker Rivian deals with a major production gap. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Rivian Automotive, which has a plant in the Bloomington Normal area, is recalling nearly every electric vehicle it's manufactured. Let's get an update now from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. What is the nature of this recall? Well, what Rivian found is that they think somebody put the bolts on wrong when it comes to the steering. I don't know if they were installed improperly or not properly torqued down to the level that they needed to be, but this is not something that can be solved with an over-the-air update. Each one of these vehicles physically has to be handled and corrected. And then have there been any safety issues associated with this particular recall? I I don't believe anything has happened yet. I think this is being done out of an abundance of caution. But then again, you know, if your steering's going to fail, that's a big problem. And then uh, if you are a Rivian owner, uh, do you take it to a dealer? Where do you go? You know, they they have their own uh, service areas and or if they don't have one in your area, because, again, they haven't delivered very many vehicles uh, they will send a, a service rep out to your place to fix it. 12,000 cars, uh, as we said earlier, practically uh, every vehicle Rivian has manufactured. How much of a setback is this for Rivian in the EV race? It's it's a setback. It's It's not going to cripple them in any way. But look, they've had problems with production, as every automaker has. You know, there's a shortage of so many things, but especially computer chips. Uh, so they're way behind on where they thought they would be in terms of building vehicles right now. And when, then when you have a, a recall like this that uh, affects every single vehicle that you've made and every single one has got to be handled physically, not over the air, uh, it's, it's a real setback for the company. And the, the stock market doesn't like what it sees either. And 
Rivian stock is down as a result of this. This seems like a very, uh, I, I don't want to call it uh, a basic or pedestrian, but to an untrained observer, it does seem like a more of a mechanical issue uh, versus an issue uh, that is comes from the, the high tech involved in an electric vehicle. I mean, not tightening a bolt properly on the steering column or the steering assembly seems to be like something that could lead to a recall for a traditional gas-powered vehicle as well. Absolutely, it could. And it just shows, you know, how complicated cars are. You have to have thousands of parts coming together. And uh, when you're building them in high volume, uh, quality is paramount. So, you know, we don't know what the root cause of this is. Was it own or operator training was not good enough? Was the operator not paying attention? Was the equipment being used not properly calibrated or what? Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty fundamental issue. And uh, they, like so many of these other startups, are, are learning by doing. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead, investment suggestions from our Monday Stock Picker. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM websites of O'Hare and Midway. Reportedly, the targets of Russian hackers. A professor at a local university, now a Nobel Prize winner. You may be surprised to learn how many people have gone into debt due to their dating habits. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 193 points. The NASDAQ is down 154. The S&P 500 is down 37. AccuWeather says for today, turning out mostly sunny and pleasant and a high around 70. Right now, we have 65 degrees at O'Hare and Midway under sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, Russian hackers are believed to be behind a series of cyber attacks on U.S. airports, including O'Hare and Midway. The City Department of Aviation says that while the websites were affected, flight and security operations continued as normal. New York's LaGuardia, Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson, and Los Angeles International Airports are among the other facilities that were targeted. University of Chicago professor Douglas Diamond is among three Americans sharing the Nobel Prize for Economics for their research into the fallout from bank failures. Financial crises are like a big deal in the world uh, and they're you know sort of maybe relevant in the in the in the in the recent past and hopefully not the near future so I wasn't shocked that the this, this area got got acknowledged but I was was Happy and surprised. His co-warners are former Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke and economist Philip Divbig. The Noon Business Hour continues at 12.31, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are lower once again. We're joined by Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer with Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. When we last spoke at 10.20, we were still uh, earlier in the trading day, and it looked like uh, that markets were slightly in negative territory, but treading water. But uh, the sell-off seems to be gaining momentum. Anything uh, intraday that's driving the markets down? Yeah, there was a uh, uh, interview with Jamie Dimond, I think that uh, that was I don't know if CNBC or someone did, uh, and he his comments uh, were pretty bearish. I think he had said that the, the uh, stock market could suffer 
uh, continued downturn uh, as we grapple with a lot of the geo-economic issues that that, uh, play out. I think he's also calling for a global recession. Again, something that you know, we're projecting also, uh, but we don't have uh, quite the same downside risk that uh, uh, Mr. Diamond suggests. Last week was a rather nervous time for investors with some pretty pronounced swings, both up and down. And uh, if you're looking for a time of uh, calm or at least uh, quelling your anxiety, it doesn't seem like this is the week to do it. No, it doesn't. Um, you know, we're kicking off earnings season in earnest. Uh, we've got a PPI and then a producer price index and a consumer price index, probably um, two of the most important um, data series that we're tracking. Uh, and unfortunately, they only come out once a month. And uh, we've got an, uh, you know, a, a market that's looking for answers every minute. And then when it comes to trying to uh, figure out what the PPI and the CPI will say, uh, there are little data points along the way in various sectors about price pressures easing. Uh, The one that uh, financial Twitter likes to point to is the uh, cost of a container from Shanghai to Los Angeles. Others look at the uh, cost of used cars. Um, And there are some other other, uh, sectors that people look at and say, well, maybe this is a sign that prices are easing. And then all of a sudden, the report comes out and you're way wrong. Uh, is this a case of trying to uh, crawl along the uh, the bottom of a forest and just exploring with a flashlight versus going up in a helicopter? Yeah, um, I think that, that's some of it, Rob. And you're right. You know, energy prices are down. Food prices are down. <clears throat> um, price of shipping and a lot of the supply chain inputs uh, are lower, too. But the fact remains that a third of the CPI is rent. Um, and rent uh, is, in many respects, talking to landlords, oftentimes backward looking. We also have to keep in mind that we've had a foreclosure uh, and an eviction moratorium uh, in place for uh, several, a couple of years. Uh, and I think some of these landlords are looking to try to just gain some of the ground they lost uh, in 2020 and 2021. So it's hard to really tell how much of the rent increases we're seeing nowadays are really forward-looking in anticipation of higher prices ahead and how much are really just trying to recoup losses from yesteryear. We'll see. And then as far as uh, Q3 economic growth is concerned, the Atlanta Fed has that now cast, and it's looking fairly positive these days uh, compared to all of the bearish projections about where the economy is going. And even that is kind of an imprecise data point. It is. I mean, as, you know, when you when you see it on a chart, it kind of wavers around quite a bit um, as, you know, different data points arrive. Uh, and, you know, it's just probably something where, uh, again, back to our the, the jobs data of last Friday, where perhaps good news is bad news. Maybe we don't want to see strong economic growth, um, you know, in, in an environment where we're trying to contain inflation. Um, but, you know, if you look farther out, uh, I would say that, um, you know, growth prospects in the U.S. are probably in the one to one and a half percent range. Jack Ablin, chief investment officer with Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, how the cost of dating can impact your financial future. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
Around 20% of millennials and members of Generation Z have gone into debt due to the cost of dating. That's according to a recent Lending Tree survey. Let's talk about where the danger lies with Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. Now, when we talk about going into debt, are we talking about uh, running up a credit card balance that you simply can't pay off? I think that's mainly it. Yeah, that's really expensive these days. The average credit card rate is right around 18.5%, which is the highest it's been in 30 years. So it really is in a very important time to prioritize that credit card rate. Get a 0% balance transfer card, maybe consider a low-rate personal loan or nonprofit credit counseling. It's just not sustainable to carry this kind of debt for any length of time. And, you know, in general, do we have like a dollar amount on uh, the average uh, debt load that a, a dater may carry when you factor in the costs of dinner, drinks, shows, and other uh, entertainment expenses? It adds up quickly. The study said that survey respondents spend an average of about $91 on a night out, and you multiply that out by all the occasions, and that can really be adding to your credit card balance at a time when just about everything else is going up, too. The New York Fed said that total credit card balances went up 13% from Q2 of last year to Q2 of this year, which was the largest increase in the 20 years or so they've been studying this. And it's everything. It's gas, it's groceries, it's rent, it's dining out. People are getting squeezed on all fronts here, unfortunately. And it seems like we're, we're this message of uh, financial responsibility is uh, running into an age-old issue, and that is when you're dating, especially the first couple of dates, I mean, you want to make a good impression. You want to go out to, to the fancy dinner, and you want to seem like you're somebody who is uh, desirable and is a, a lot of fun to be around, and uh, that can be expensive. And it's very hard to sit here and say, look, be responsible with your credit card when uh, you're trying to attract somebody else. That's right. I totally understand the temptation here. And I think within reason, it's probably fine. But what you don't want to do is go overboard. And I think it's also important to be authentic. I mean, I understand that you may want to splurge a little bit, especially in the early going. But you know, I, I think ultimately, you need to be true to yourself. And if you're more of a homebody or somebody who likes cheaper activities to begin with, probably not being true to yourself if you're starting the relationship out with these kind of lavish nights out that may not even fully reflect your wishes or desires or budget. So I, I think it is important to you know, be realistic about the longer term as well as those first few dates. And on the other hand, uh, someone who is responsible and pays their bills on time and doesn't run up the credit card for uh, an experience that may not be uh, sustainable, uh, that's a selling point in the other direction. Yep, and maybe we could throw credit card rewards in there, too, because as long as you pay in full and avoid interest, these programs really work for you. So I could definitely envision somebody earning enough points or miles for a really nice trip, let's say, or cash back that could defray various activities. The key, though, is paying those bills in full, because if you're carrying debt at 18.5%, you're upside down, unfortunately. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday stock picker. 
a deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Joining us with a pair of investment ideas is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Also author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. And uh, your selections for the week come from the tech sector. They do. The The first uh, selection is Microsoft. Uh, the stock trades at about $229 a share. Symbol is MSFT. You know, this market has, has taken a toll on virtually all stocks, including blue chips like Microsoft, and the stock is down 35% from its 52-week high. You know, anytime you see a, a high-quality company like that that has just gotten beaten up, you have to take a look at it. Uh, earnings are, and revenue are both uh, going to advance double digits uh, this year and next. Uh, they have a bulletproof financial position. They're one of two companies that have a AAA rating. Um, and the stock's P-E ratio still a little on the higher side, has come down pretty sharply, and it's now about 22 times 2023 20, earnings estimates. Uh, you get a dividend yield of 1.2%. And again, you know, this is a stock that if the, if the downside action continues, probably will get cheaper. But if if you're someone who's wanted to own a, a blue chip like Microsoft, you're getting your opportunity now. So I would take advantage of this and at least start the nibbling process on Microsoft. And the next one comes from the semiconductor space. It does. And that's a space that is, you know, has gotten obliterated, quite frankly, and is really getting crushed today based on uh, notions that it's going to be more difficult for a lot of semiconductor uh, companies and manufacturers to, to work with China. Uh, but this is one company that should be able to, to overcome that. It's on semiconductor, symbol is ON. Stock trades for about $60 a share. It's down about 21%, but it's actually held up fairly well within that industry. In fact, it's down 21%, even with the stock down about 6% today. Uh, earnings estimates are trending higher in the last 30 days. That's something you're not seeing with a lot of companies. And the company has a really nice niche. Yes, they're in kind of the cloud and the Internet of Things, but they're also a big player in the automotive area and especially in the electric electrification of automotive and, and autos. And that's a nice space to be in right now. The stock trades at about 12 times. It's 2022 earnings estimate. Uh, and, and again, I, I think investors should take advantage of this decline, especially that we're seeing today in that space where the baby's kind of getting thrown out with the bathwater. And ON is a high-quality company in that space. That's ON trades for $60 a share. And then very quickly, Chuck, what's the uh, Dow theory telling us uh, one week after that uh, bear market rally fizzled? Yeah, actually, it's it's still on a bear market signal. The, the, the lows have not been able to hold, and you have when you have a series of lower lows in both the Dow Industrials and Transports, that typically is an indication of a, uh, that we are still in a bear market. So unfortunately, it's still bearish under the Dow theory. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. His selections for the week, Microsoft, MSFT, and On Semiconductor, ON. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.